0: Project Archivist does not intend to be used as a sexual aid, but if it works for you, please don't send us pictures. Some rare listeners have serious skin reactions while listening to Project Archivist, some of which can become life-threatening. These can include rash, swelling, redness, and peeling of the skin. Some listeners have had changes in behavior, hostility, agitation, paranoia, and reduced intelligence while using Project Archivist for listening pleasure. If you, your family, or caregiver notice agitation, hostility, flatulence, or changes in behavior, thinking, or mood that are not typically for you, or you develop anxiety, panic, aggression, anger, mania, abnormal sensations, hallucinations, sonder, confusion, klaxos, bankruptcy, or xenocine, stop listening to Project Archivist and call your doctor right away. Project Archivist cannot and should not be used as a flotation device, even in the unlikely event of alien contact, regardless of what some doctor in Arizona may say. Some people have reported rare allergic reactions to listening to Project Archivist, some of which can be life-threatening and include swelling of the face, mouth, throat, and sexual organs that can cause trouble breathing and being able to stand in an upright position. Do not taunt Project Archivist. It is also recommended that you do not hold the wrong end of the chainsaw while listening to Project Archivist. Less common side effects include difficulty with concentration, clay-colored stools, erections lasting longer than six hours, unusual facial expressions, problems with memory, problems with memory, and problems with memory. Project Archivist may cause drowsiness and alcohol may intensify this effect. Use care when operating a sausage cooker or other useless machinery, especially while in the state of Colorado. Some side effects may not need any medical attention. As your body gets used to Project Archivist, these side effects may disappear. Your healthcare professional may be able to help you prevent or reduce these side effects, but do check with them as any side effects will continue, or if you are concerned about reducing them. The most commonly reported side effects are fatigue, munchies, drowsiness, impaired coordination, memory impairment, and the strong desire to unsubscribe to our podcast. Always check with your doctor to make sure that you are healthy enough to engage in Project Archivist activity. Project Archivist, making the world a better place for you and your shape-shifting alien reptilian Masonic girlfriend. Ask your psychotherapist, gastrointestinal specialist, or proctologist if Project Archivist is right for you. When the time is right, Project Archivist. What up, peeps? This is Ro. Let's get all this stuff way out of the way really quickly here. First off, this show sounds like crap, and there's a couple of reasons why. First off and foremost, I wasn't feeling very well. I was kind of out of it, and I was just in a dark place and didn't really want to record. Our guest bailed on us. Lobo wasn't sure if he was going to be here or not, and I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm just not going to do this. Then Sarai got in contact with me and said, hey, why don't I come on your show? I'll be a guest on you, and I'm like, yeah, all right. No matter what he says in here, or despite whatever he says in here, I know he had ulterior motives of mine. And that is why I love that man, and I will always look out for him. He is a true brother to me in podcasting, and a very, very good friend. I also had Lili on the show. I'm kind of working on a project with her that we might someday put out or get going here at some point. And uh, if you have not used to her yet, and you didn't hear the episode that she was on with Gary, she's kind of out there. She's learning what, she're do- what she's doing, and she's got a very bold and upfront personality. When you hear her smarting off to me, don't be freaked out, that's just how me and her are. And uh, Soraya comes on here, and we talk about the paranormal, blah, 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 blah. The other reason it sounds like crap is I was running a fever of around 100 and 101, somewhere in between there. I was sweating really bad, and before the show, I drank a good amount of NyQuil. I was probably a little overserved. About a quarter of the way into the show, I just start babbling like a madman, weirdly about topics. I think they were onto it, and they just kind of gave me my space. There was a few times where Soraya just kind of paused, like, what the fuck? And... Anyways, I've edited a lot of that out of the show. You're not going to hear it. No, sorry. That's just not going to happen. But we end up talking a lot about the paranormal and just uh, podcasts, and we just kind of go all over the place. Um, And that was pretty much it. You know, um, for the most part, it was just let's sit down and talk and see where this goes. And I haven't had Sarai on here in a while, and he's always a fun person to talk to. Having said all of that, I will see you guys at the the other side of the show. Peace.
1: I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell.
0: <laughs> so, instead of sitting at home all waked out and baking in a feverish virus, whatever the hell state I'm in, Soraya, you were like, you really should record this week. I said, nah, I don't feel like it. And you're like, nah, you really should record this week. Uh, why don't you have me come on the show as a guest? Okay. And now Soraya's here. What about me? I'm getting to you.
1: Hmm. I don't think that's quite how things played out. I think I saw that you lost your guest this week and said, you know, I'm available anytime you need a guest. And you were like, okay, let's do it this week. We had ulterior motives in mind. <laughs> so, I thought I was
0: going to get to chill with Lobo, too. but He's off buying school clothes with his kids. Anyways, this is Lily podcasting and training over here. Um, cause uh, I had a feeling that Lobo would not be able to make it because he would be out doing something. I'm kind of glad he's not here. I'll tell you why. How dare you? What? Tell you why? No, he, 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 I already told him this, so he's gonna hear this and laugh. Okay, um, some of you <coughs> people may remember. Again, I'm sick right now and I'm also on medication, so bear with me, folks. But. A while ago, we were talking about MRI pizzas that they had made for the military. Do you, I don't know if you remember that show or not, Soraya. We were talking about weird foods
1: or something. Mm, maybe.
0: Okay. So they came up with this MRI pizza that comes sealed in a in a brown plastic bag, uh, vacuum sealed. And um, I think it was Duffy, who we call mom, uh, got these for him because we were talking about them on the show. She mailed Bobo, like five of them. And I went up and saw Lobo. So Lobo's like, "Here, take this home with you." And the next episode I'm on, you're gonna eat it live on the air. Um, so I'm glad he's not here because then I would have to eat this pizza in my current state of unhealth, and I don't know how well it would settle in my stomach. So uh, pe- I don't think
2: field rations are, are good when you have the flu,
0: dude. Yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah, it's field ration pizza. That's what it is. Exactly.
1: I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Robo would have understood if you said, "I don't feel good. Let's do this next time."
0: Yeah, but I still would have done it out of obligation. <laughs> I guess I'm dumb. Ducker. So, all right. So, <clears throat> God, I missed my throat. So, I'm not entirely sure what we're going to talk about tonight. We're just kind of, kind of, kind of wing it here. But I did come across this article that I want to cover. Dairy Queen burgers are <laughs> are not made of human flesh. A county corner is forced to confirm. The entire ingredient list for a Dairy Queen burger, the company says, is beef from cows, not from humans. Dairy Queen had occasionally had the uh, the occasion to clarify this on Friday after a federal raid at one of South Carolina restaurants set off a flurry of conspiracy theories about the fast food chain. So they had to go on and be like, oh, Dairy Queen, we're 100% about it. But anyhow, um, yeah, so apparently people were. Thinking that Dairy Queen had their burgers made out of human meat, and I, I just can't believe this kind of stuff still happens. Like, I blame Charlton Heston. This is. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, I thought Richard Gere with a gerbil for a second. But anyways, <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Like, this is the kind of stuff you heard about in high school. You know, these are the kind of things back back before you had the internet, and back before people had information available. You you might have heard this in high school as an urban legend of some kind, and then. Mm-hmm. You see that it's real and it's from the Washington Post, so it's a legitimate, real news source. But apparently, people—I I, I guess they, yeah—they thought it, the burgers are being made out of um, of human meat. <laughs>
1: so, well, of course, they are.
0: I just found it funny. Tastes like carnitas. Tastes like carnitas. Well, apparently, human fle- human meat's supposed to taste like pork. So I may
2: or may not know anything about that.
0: Been told. So, anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, Soraya from Where Did the Road Go?, um, our, our brother in podcasting and, and internet, you know, stuff, blah, blah, blah. Uh, how have you been, sir? Uh,
1: I've been fine. Yeah, we'll go with fine.
0: I'm going to try to make it back out there if I can in October. I'm going to give it a
1: shot. That, that, that would be great.
0: So, um, it's a matter of if I can afford a hotel room, and if I do stay at your place, a matter of, well, no, because if I do that, I'll be on your show, and I'll probably be there. I'll probably stand for the entire last episode of The Lost. Yeah, I have to if I'm staying at your house. But I, so, that
1: last episode of the of last the Lost exit
0: for the Lost. But down <laughs> <telling> that nightfall <laughs> I did actually. Um, wow. Anyways, um, so I probably actually,
1: actually that that's not totally true. But go on.
0: But I would be there for the full show, and then we already that's talked best. about. Well, what am I, if I'm staying at your house? Well, I'm leaving, sir. I'm going back to your house now. You know. Yeah, that that's fine. Not really, because your house creeps the shit out of me. <laughs> 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 hey, they'll they'll leave you
1: alone probably. Because
0: weird stuff does happen at your house, like legit. You know, you've you've had a yeah. few experiences. A few, yeah. Did you have a turkey tur- uh, a vol- turkey vulture attack you out of a one of your one of your? No, dogs? That, that
1: that wasn't me. That happened here, but it wasn't to me. It was to a friend of mine.
0: Oh, they were walking by and the turkey vulture just flew out of the old chicken coop. Soraya yep. can summon turkey vultures. That's
1: pretty rad. I wish, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: What exactly would you use that power for?
1: I'm not sure, but it would be fun.
0: Being... I would teach her to pick pockets. I'm
2: like, yeah, you could really use that to your advantage. I find flaw in that because
0: it, no one's. You find not... flaw in everything I say. When no one's not going to notice a turkey vulture coming up and trying to pick a wallet out of their pocket.
2: Right, they're going to be so distracted by the gigantic bird, they're not going to even notice they're getting robbed.
0: No one's going to sit there while a turkey vulture comes right at them. I would.
1: (laughs) I can't believe this is happening. It's taking my wallet. Oh, no.
0: (laughs) So anyways, um, Soraya where are we going? What do you want to start with?
1: I don't know. We could start anywhere you want. Why, why, don't, we, why don't we talk about uh, Zach Bagans' thing?
0: Yes. The museum. Not the murder yes, house. Yes. The Museum of the Paranormal in Las Vegas. Me and you were talking, and she's got something. She, yeah, she wanted to bring something up. But um, me and you were talking about how paranormal has become like the circus sideshow kind of thing more and more and more. And um, it kind of cheapens the whole thing. But Oh, Yeah. So, you know, what <laughs> your thoughts on this?
1: Well, I mean, it doesn't Sorry. Oh. Um, I mean, there's always been nonsense in the paranormal. So, it's not really cheapening it necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, cuz it's always been fraught with with uh, with uh, uh con men and frauds and stuff like that. So, it's just it's a different version of that same old thing.
2: Okay. Well, It's the unknown, and it's always been kind of like you know a sideshow. Because what do people do with what they don't understand? They either worship or destroy it. So you can capitalize it, and that's been going on for years, dude. Yeah,
1: you know,
2: it's just more in our face now because like everyone has access to it with you know the TV and the technology. (laughs) True.
0: They got that Zach Baggins on the TV. He's spooky. See that's also that that's marketing too. It's like, hey, look at me! I think I'm hot, and I've got. I mean, I can't fault the guy. The guy's making more money than I'm doing than I am, so he he must be doing something right, you know. But um, still, you know, the I
1: I I was I Ghost Adventures was the last show like that I still watched, and it was mostly because there were two reasons. One, they were idiots, and it amused me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um. And two, sometimes they'd go to really interesting places and talk about the history of it, and it's like, oh, this is actually interesting. And once in a great while, they would actually get something interesting. And the only problem with that is they also faked stuff. So it's kind of like, all right, that was interesting. I don't think they faked it. Other things you'd be like, okay, that was fake. That was, yeah.
0: (laughs) I think I watched maybe three episodes of It Tops, um, and I found it very humorous. It was kind of like... I mean, I guess if you were going to make, like, a comedy... Like, okay, if, if reality shows became, uh, you know, like, theme shows or something... Well, they can, I guess they kind of are, depending on how they're, quote, written. But, you know, like, if you were to have, like, a comedy spectrum of paranormal, it would be that show, you know? And Mountain Monsters. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And what?
2: Mountain Monsters.
1: Oh, I haven't seen that one.
2: Oh, man. You're missing out. <laughs> on what? Be specific. <laughs> on the Pigman of the Appalachians.
1: <laughs> the uh the, the episode that killed me on ghost adventures was um they were at this prison in like Idaho or something like that the whole ground uh, there was like this hill they could go up to uh, observe the hangings like people used to watch from the hill and the whole hill was covered in snakes, and, and Zach's terrified of snakes, and he's like, I'm going to get over my fear. I'm going to pick one of these guys up. And he walks over, and he picks the snake up by its... So, of course, the snake starts turning toward him, and he, f- like, screams and throws it. He's like, why is it coming towards me? And I'm thinking, you don't know to pick snake up by the head? Really?
0: <laughs> it doesn't... They were like... God, I, 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 mean, I don't want to be an asshole about it, but it's kind of like... Like the school jock when they couldn't, you know, when they couldn't make it into the college team or something. Well, let's go out and do a paranormal show. You know, that's kind of what that's kind of what you got go, you know, got going on there.
2: He's gonna get one of those snake hooks with like an EMF like meter on it and like <laughs> customize it for like.
0: You know, it's gonna to look totally, like that. Commercial. I totally
2: see him doing that. It's gonna be like, this is a cobra. Back off! <laughs> <laughs> I am really, really afraid of this snake. I, like the way he talks, but this anomal, anomaly or whatever he says like 10 times in every show, this Whatever. I can't even say it.
1: Anomaly? anomaly. Or, 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 how, or how many times, you know, he like decides he's going to be big and tough and then some, some little noise happens and he screams like a girl and runs away and you're like, that was funny. All right.
2: funny. I like watching it. It's a guilty pleasure. I watch it all the time. Especially that guy that, that cries all the time when they go to, like, the Lizzie Borden house and stuff. He always, he's always crying. Dude, like, get your shit together, man.
1: What were you and, saying and about... Z- go ahead. And Z- and Zach's always getting possessed.
2: Yes. He's a walking possession. Literally. <laughs> he has become a divot box. <laughs> I'm not opening that up.
0: It's at his museum, yeah. apparently.
2: I kind of feel bad for talking all this shit on him, I mean... I do too, you know, but...
1: He, I'm sure he's a perfectly fine guy. I've never heard anyone say anything really horrible about no, him. No, he does it's,
0: He, he does he's look the a cool club. guy. But he also, for some reason, strikes me as as the as, as the frat boy, I guess. Yeah, I, tall, maybe.
2: I mean, if I were in his shoes, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to buy the mansion that freaking the Manson murders. Came. Like, he can do that now because he's capitalizing on the paranormal. Like, what would you choose? Would you stay hardcore and punk rock?
0: <laughs> I don't know. No, no I'd sell I out. Wouldn't, I I sure as hell
2: sell. Would, I'd be a sellout.
0: But the thing is, is that, that's kind of what you have to do. Well, you shouldn't be in the paranormal to make money anyways, in my opinion. Agreed. I don't
1: know. Agreed.
0: So you know, But, it, but it's an industry now. It is. It's, it's a genuine industry. And, you know, I really thought a lot of it would die off, but there's still new shows popping up all the time. There's that El Spookios one or something like that. I can't remember. It's on one of the... Uh, <laughs> It's supposed to be hysterical. It's supposed to be a Latino ghost hunting group. Or what? Something. Yeah, you didn't hear about this? Yeah. Um, no. I know it.
2: Ghost Brothers. I don't know about... No, I La think Baca it's on... Before if, Tacos. <laughs> ghost Adventures. I need to find... This is my people.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's on HBO now or, or whatever it is. I'll find out and let you know, but it's this... It's supposed to be this really funny show, you know, about, you know, Latino ghost hunters and stuff.
2: Uh, I got to check that out. El Cucuy?
0: I don't know. It's got
2: some good stuff. We we got some good stuff.
0: <laughs> but I, that's what it is. It's La just Lorana? Stuff. Go ahead. Keep going.
2: Shut <laughs> up. The fine. I'm just going to. St- I'm sorry. I have to do as I'm told and wait to speak until you tell me. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? I didn't mean to do that.
0: Please Continue. You were saying something about... I didn't think that the Manson house still existed. I thought that they tore that place down. Or did they tear mm. like half of it down? It's here. It's still there? hmm I swear that it got torn down and they rebuilt another house in its place. Mm. Something happened to it because they were in... Go- the ghost hunters, ironically, as we're talking about this, but on Ghost Hunters, they went in there and did an investigation on the house that was there now. Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah. So I
0: didn't know if, if the Manson murder house was still around or whatever. I thought it. I thought it was. I thought it was destroyed. Let me, let me Google it.
1: They, uh, yeah, because they, they they. It's like there's two houses that stood where that one did, or something like that. And they were like in one of them that just kind of overlapped.
0: Yeah, that might be it. Like I remember when they were on Ghost Hunters, they were like, "This isn't the house where it once stood," and apparently, blah blah blah, you know, happens or whatever. Right. This newly built house is still in the same location. The Manson Murder House was remodeled, meaning that they left one of the original wall and rebuilt the rest. The new house is much larger than the old house. The house is on the hillside above Blah 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 Drive...
2: Charles Manson Murder House sold to Ghost Adventures star Zach Beggins. This is from TMZ.
0: But there's no, there's only one wall left of the original house, so it's not. they're not actually buying Manson House. I guess they are. I mean, it depends how you want to look at it.
2: Well, it's for sale for $1.98 million. Damn. Damn. What a bargain.
0: So, yeah, that's my three cents on the subject.
1: I think that I mean the the thing is you 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 get the people who are really interested in this and then you get the people who are willing to pay you know money to go spend time in a haunted mansion um on the on the flip side of it you have stuff like Hellier which was not done in a sensationalistic way it seemed to have done really well people really liked it i was not someone who was particularly blown away by it mm-hmm. um but i i liked the fact that it was Legitimate, you know, like they—they didn't fake anything. They didn't try to make it out to seem more than it was. Mm To to me, it was like five episodes of oh, we found nothing. But you know what? I'll agree with you. That's okay.
0: Yes, because so many people would be like, well, we need to spin this. It's got to have because they—they are they—they apparently they're trying to do a sequel to it. So, but I do I give them props for that. But at first, I was like, oh, this is stupid. But you don't always get the reward at the end of the tunnel, you know? It's yeah, they went and checked it out. They didn't find anything. I wonder of the validity of the story, but I mean, other than if they're oh,
1: doing- I think I think I think they were being had. I totally yeah. do. Yeah, exactly. But it was
2: still well produced. I mean, it was interesting yes. to watch. I thought it was well done. It
1: was extremely well done. Oh, and like,
2: expectations, yeah.
1: And like I said, they did not. You know, they didn't fake something just to, to, to make it seem like, oh, no, 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 we got this.
2: That's cool that and, Micah Hanks made an appearance in it, too. That was kind of neat to see in the first yeah. two episodes. Yeah. I mean, he's a familiar face.
1: <laughs> right, right. The um, the the most interesting thing I think they got was the can, where the guy saw the vision of the can, and then they went into the tunnel and saw the can. However, I take it a very different way than they they took it. They took it as, you know, they were being called to the tunnel. I take it as what, what we generally see from future visions are things that are emotionally important to us, and when they found the can, it became emotionally important to them because he had seen it, and so mm-hmm. it creates this sort of time loop where it was only important because he saw it, but because he saw it, it became important. You know, yes. and, like, linked back to him. It, I don't think it had anything to do with anything they thought they were going after. I think it literally just created a psychic time loop for him.
2: Mm-hmm. Became a significant event. Right. Yeah.
1: And that was interesting, but, you know, not necessarily in the way they thought it was.
2: Well, that's what—that's the fun part when things go unexpectedly, you know. Yes. That's the whole thing. Is it makes you think more.
1: You know, they, they did a few things that really bug me when I see people do it, like, uh, yeah. When they're in the tunnel, and he, he walks across the loose rubble and rocks, and, you know, he's talking to, to whatever might be there, and he comes back, and then he hears a stone move, and he's like, did you hear that? And I'm like, yeah, you just walked over it, you idiot, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> And it's one of those things, though, that, that shows us how we, you know, when you're in that situation, you're you're hypersensitive to every little sound. If this was just a bunch of kids hanging out in a tunnel, and one of them walked across that and walked back, and then they heard a stone move, they wouldn't have thought twice about it. But since you're hypersensitive listening for anything, you right. immediately make that association of anything you hear might be paranormal.
2: Mm-hmm. It's that state of mind. It, it's, yeah. Your know, factor is up, you know. you got that fight or flight going because it's something, you know, weird and unknown again. So you associate everything with what it is you're kind of focused on.
1: Exactly, exactly. It kind
2: of like shows how we push our thresholds of the mind and what we can do, you know, in those situations too, what we can manifest.
1: It's, yeah. And, full, and, circle, full circle. And, and things like perception and the way the brain works are so important in understanding what's happening during the paranormal. And most paranormal investigators do not look at that.
2: Mm-mm. Well, they go in afraid. You know, if you go in afraid, you're going to – Scary shit will happen if you go in just with an open mind and, like, you know, lower your expectations and just kind of, like, lower the fear factor. Probably more interesting things might be going on around you that Mm -hmm. aren't necessarily, like, you know, something quote-unquote scary, just interesting. Or, you know, your senses heighten and you start to, your perception changes so that you're noticing things that happen all around you all the time more.
1: Right, right. Yes, definitely. Mm
2: -hmm. Like a meditation kind of.
1: Hmm. And uh-huh. you know, when when they were doing the spirit box on the porch, mm. like they they were really impressed with, with what they were getting. And I'm thinking this is kind of vague. Uh-huh. I mean, most spirit box stuff is. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like though, at one point he said coyote. Now, if he had said coyote and a moment later a coyote ran through, that would have been impressive. But of course, they never. Fed, you know, there was no coyote, mm-hmm. so it was kind of like, okay, so coyote, yeah. You know, but I know also what it's like to be in that moment when you're in that sort of mindset, and I'm mm-hmm. sure it seemed a lot more significant then than it does just looking at it. You know, from from a, a detached point.
0: Well, they wanted the that to be real, is though. I mean, they, I mean, they didn't, oh, yes, yeah. You know, they, but they really wanted something to be there, and when their heart and everything was into it, yeah, they sure. I could I could totally see something being superimposed into things like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't blame them for being like, wow, this popcat means, this popcan means something, or the rocks tumbling over there, that could be this, you know, that, did you hear that, blah, blah, blah. Because you, you want it to, they, they went through all this to get there to find out what this is towards you know at that point you're like well there's got to be something here we've put this much effort and stuff into it they wanted it to be real so it doesn't surprise me that they were looking for things like that
2: well that's their intention but regardless there's still going to be stuff like they're not the only ones out there there's still going to be stuff going on around them like animals making noises rocks tumbling water trickling Mm -hmm. i mean they're out you know in the elements they're going to hear noises you've got to kind of like balance that like obscure events as opposed to natural events that are occurring around you. Not everything is going to be paranormal. And the thing is like when they're in that state of mind, everything feels paranormal. Yes. It's hard to get out of that. You know,
1: I I never watched much of a paranormal state because I had watched one episode and was like, wow, this is crap. And I just never went back to it. But there was one episode I turned on. I don't remember why. And, uh, they're like in this, ditch that's supposed to be haunted like this ditch on the side of the road in the woods or something and they're like what are those noises and i'm like those are coyotes you know yeah. and like they're just freaking out about what these noises are and i'm like dude they're coyotes and finally they took it to like an audio expert who's like these are coyotes and i'm like you guys are idiots
2: yeah i literally just saw that it was that happened to me the other day i was watching this like monster show it wasn't mountain monsters but they were talking about this, you know, anomalous, you know, sound coming out of the woods. And it was foxes. Foxes make some weird-ass yes. sounds when they're, especially when it's mating season. And mm-hmm. I can tell, like, that's not a Sasquatch or a rake or whatever. It's a it's a fox.
1: Yeah, because foxes will actually scream. They, and it they sounds like a woman.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're freaky. Yeah, they don't bark. No, they scream, especially mm-hmm. during mating season. It sounds like someone's getting slaughtered in the woods when... You hear foxes, like seriously. <laughs>
1: it does, and, and, and if you're not used to that type of stuff, it definitely sounds weird. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to go on a national stage with this stuff, you should probably know, you know, right. what, what what the other possibilities are.
2: Well, I would. I just wouldn't want to make a jackass out of myself. Like, oh my god, I hear a yeti. Wait, it's foxes having making sweet love <laughs> down by the fire. Huh.
1: But that 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 but this 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 is where you know Hellier gets that point though that they didn't make a big deal out of things you know I mean they may have thought it was interesting but they weren't like I don't know it, it seemed more legitimate you know
2: yes in the moment it was interesting because they were in that state of mind and yeah it made like I said I thought it was produced really well I thought it was cool it, for what it was it
1: was produced exceptionally well um, I like it
2: better than Skywalker or Skywalker <laughs> skinwalker.
1: skinwalker.
2: Skywalker I ranch. I was Skinwalker. so
1: so disappointed with that. Skinwalker I was too. ranch.
2: I, I was so excited. I really wanted it to be good. I, you know? I
1: am not. I am not impressed with his his style of making these things either. I haven't watched the uh, the uh, Lazar one yet, but I haven't it's like either. he wants to he wants to make these things look like they're you know high budget movies.
2: He's getting a little hipster on us, yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: totally. It is. It's like just give us information. We just we just want information. Yeah. And there was no new information. It was just a lot of flash. And it's like so more of this crap, you know.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: And I it hear is. they're turning that into an amusement park of some sorts as well.
2: Yes, yes, they are. Like, uh, from what I heard here, Cal, it's going to be like a basically like Jurassic Park for the paranormal. It
1: sounds like. Yeah. Wait,
2: what? What? Yeah. <laughs> you know about this? No. I mean- Who bought it? I forget.
1: I I can't remember who it was.
0: Probably Zach Baggins.
2: No, (laughs) No, it wasn't Zach.
0: Can't afford that
1: yet. Zach's focused on ghosts.
0: So what are they mm-hmm. going to do, load you up into, a, like, a, a safari vehicle? And... That's what it sounds like. Yeah,
1: but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should.
0: No. It's going to be like, oh, you know,
2: VI, I, I'm looking it up right now. I swear to God, that's what I heard. I hear tell through the grapevine of the
1: paranormal.
0: Your I don't sources, know for sure. your inside sources. I don't,
2: I don't have the facts. I'm just telling you what
0: I've heard. Yeah, and
1: I've heard the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was just a matter of time before mm-hmm. stuff like that started happening.
0: You got a point you know I really figured by now they would have like if there was something out there they would have published documentation or something like that or you know like actual real
1: scientific but it's it's if they want people to know about it um, I mean, but the thing so the the thing is to me paranormal experiences tend to be more personal you can't really commercialize this stuff I mean you can. But it's just it's a carnival show rather than meaning anything like paranormal. What, what did uh, uh, Jeffrey Kripal say? The the supernatural is something that happens to you when you need it, or mm-hmm. something to that effect. Like so, so it happens. It appears in your life at points of transition, at points where you need a shift, um, when it actually means something. So when you're just kind of doing it for entertainment, it no longer means anything.
2: All right. It's like a sitcom, you know. Yeah, it has yeah. to have. Yeah, it has to have some purpose behind it for it to resonate with people. Because again, it's that that fear factor, that unknown, that anomalous you know nerve that it strikes that keeps it interesting.
1: And you're going into basically a haunted house. You know, mm-hmm. you're not taking anything in, of import out with you
0: except your nightmares. I don't know. I mean, have you ever done like a really? Have you ever gone on some place and actually gone on a ghost hunt? Have you have you been on one yet?
1: Me? No, not really.
0: You haven't? Have you ever done any of that kind of stuff? Have you done like ghost tours or anything like that? Nope, that's probably for the better, but this stuff is ultimately kind of cheesy. I mean, you get out there, and <laughs> you know you've got to be meant pe- to be a tourist
2: attraction. Usually, I yeah, mean, but- they're fun.
0: They're fun, but it's like you've got to, like what's funny is you got the people that are just walking around, kind of trying to take it in, and then you've got the people that like the ones that I've been on. Uh, we had one down at Fort Wayne in downtown Detroit a few years ago, but these people show up and like. Well, I shouldn't say it this way because me and you both know a person that kind of does this. But you got these people that show up at these these ghost hunts, and they've got like they've got their own homemade gear, or they're testing blah 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 or something mm-hmm. like that. And you got the you know they walk around with their EMF readers, and they got the tape recorders, which is useless because even if you do get something, you're not going to be sure if it's somebody who said something in the background or something like that.
1: But it's it's, it's kind of like going to a haunted graveyard with someone who's posting on Facebook Live the whole time.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. What a dish. What a
1: douche, thanks, (laughs) thanks, thanks. I believe
0: the term for that is dick. (laughs) Thanks, dick. What a dick douche. (laughs) Those exist. What was weird about those videos is the stuff that we were seeing in the trees, none of of that stuff showed up in the video.
1: It usually doesn't.
0: I mean, there was gigantic bugs flying across the camera lens that I didn't know were that yeah. big. It was like, holy shit, this is what was going after us in the dark? It's probably best that, that we weren't able to see everything that was going on. But um, the stuff that, like, and the other thing is, is, like, when we were at that graveyard, I don't remember if you saw something or not, but Gwendolyn's sister did. Because I looked over mm-hmm. and I'm like, do you see that? It looks like a red and blue flag kind of rippling. And she's like, no, I see big ball. I see balls of light. No, she saw it. And then Gwendolyn said she saw like a something white moving across it. But we saw different things, and we we're yes. all looking the at the eyes same area. I see what
2: they want to see, dude. The eyes see what they want to see. Well, well they
1: well, they just interpret it differently, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You walked up, you're like
0: do 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 do
1: flashlight.
0: I'm like put the teams, put it down. Okay, okay, there it is, okay. And you're like, what? You picked the flashlight back. I'm like, don't no, put it down, damn it.
2: You're scaring the demons away.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, 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 the the goal there is to see if the thing you're seeing is actually something that's just there reflecting light or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: People leave weird shit in cemeteries, dude. Like, you know, they leave stuff there. Yeah. You now it could be anything.
1: And And I've seen plenty of weird stuff there to know that there's something energy-wise going on there. Mm-hmm. But, you know... What's that doesn't mean everything. From that
0: temple, isn't it? Yeah, that, yeah. You said, and then that's like the seventh, whole the most energetic Buddha place or something. Uh, so what oh, I yeah. what I've
1: what I've heard is that that area is the third most powerful spot on the planet.
2: Really?
0: Yeah. Interesting. And it's right down the street from the graveyard. It's,
1: yeah, it's a it's, mm-hmm. it's it's a block away.
0: I mean, it's a cool graveyard. I don't get a sense of ominous or fear or anything like but, that. It's very cool. It's a,
1: but you will, every, always. every yeah. once in a while, you will get it from that, that area with the Civil War cannons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But not all the time. Every once in a while. The rest of the time, it gives me a very good feeling. So that's that very, where spot were
0: at. Was that the highest point in the graveyard?
1: Yes, I think so. Okay.
2: How long has the temple been there as opposed to the graveyard, I wonder?
1: Like uh, The graveyard's been there a lot longer. Sure. Yeah, it's a okay. Buddhist temple. Very cool. So, because the, I think I was able to find that the graveyard started in like the early 1800s.
2: Yeah, if there's Civil War graves there and whatnot. That's really cool. I mean, all those places have like a sacred energy, a sacred feel to them. Any place that, you know, holds the dead is going to have something. You're going to feel something, I think.
1: But, uh, I don't know. I've been to somewhere. I didn't feel anything. No? They 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 feel, like, not meaning to make a pun, but they feel dead.
2: They just, mm-hmm. tss, yeah, nice I see what, what you're
1: Try the prime rib. It's great. Make sure to tip your waitresses.
2: Doing a lot of dinner
0: theaters, Sarai.
2: I like it. <laughs>
1: But even even that, I don't think it has, you know, it might have, it might be energized, you know, partially from people's emotions when they're there. But I, I think a lot of this stuff is, it's the area. I think that you, you put, gra- you're used to anyway, you put graveyards in holy spots. And those spots exactly. were holy because they had energy. And right. so then, you know, now you have a graveyard and an energy spot. So you're still experiencing the energy stuff, but now we're associating it with the dead people there.
2: Right. It has a charge. It's like the earth has a charge and it resonates with the living. And probably, you know, it was designed to hold the dead with that certain like energy that it has a meaning behind it. It's just something that maybe in our subconscious we can feel, but we don't fully understand now in this day and age, you know? For right. sure, it resonates with anyone who would, you know, walk on those grounds. Absolutely. You feel it. Things like that.
1: And emotion and, huh. and emotion is such such a part to all of this. That's why I was saying, like, when they saw the can, it was an emotional moment for them, which is the type of stuff you get in precognition. It's not always uh, genuinely important, but it's something that raised an emotional response in you.
0: Right. That reminds me of something. When I was on your show and we were talking about it when we were down at the studio, um you referred to me as a very loud ghost hunter or something yes. along those lines. What did you mean by that? I, th- I have a feeling of what you meant, but I'm just curious about it.
1: What you meant Let
2: me by? shut it. your big fat mouth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, because because you're very uh out there. You know, you're you're putting yourself out, you're you're making a lot of noise rather than just like in that particular graveyard I found the best the most likely times you're going to get responses is when you just sit for a while and don't really make much noise. And then like the subtlety of what's going on around you starts to become more apparent.
0: Hmm. I thought you meant like, I just walk in with a lot of presence and energy or something like that. I'm like, cause I kept saying, all like, right, come on, come on in. I you know, it, that's just how I am. I remember walking the first time I ever went to your place. Um, we went out behind the barn and you were like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is where this happened or where that happened. And I said something like, "All right, come on, show yourself." And then later on, you were like, "I think if something had shown itself, you probably would have shit your pants or something along those lines." <laughs>
1: but you- I, I, I probably said, "Screamed and run,"
0: <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I mean, I probably would have been freaked. Well, I don't know; it depends on what the nature of it manifesting was or what it manifested, but. You know, you're when you're inviting something in, I've said this many times, like you see these ghost hunting shows where they'll say, if you're here, knock this over or, or bang on a wall or something, and something happens and the people get freaked out and they run and they get all mm-hmm. pe- petrified. You know, and yeah. if you're a ghost, you're dead, you're stuck doing whatever you have to do for, I don't know, eternity, and you're there, and then somebody comes in the room and they're like, hey, you know... And, If you're here, blah, blah, blah. So you do what they say and then the people freak out and they go running away or what have you. And it's like, well, that's kind of rude, you know?
2: (laughs) I think that's like a perfect example of how below we realize our potential is as human beings, what we can do, you know? Mm -hmm. I think we're afraid of what we can do and when those things actually manifest and we kind of like, you know, wield whatever you want to call energy, power, whatever it is, it shocks us because we're like, oh my God, what else can I do? And I think... Consciously, you know, with where we're at, with our state of mind and our society, it's like ah, eh, it's scary. But I think it's also scary that we can do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, and 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 I think so much of this stuff is connected directly to us. I agree. I mean, more more and more. Like I'm reading um, Lyle Blackburn's Momo because I'm hopefully going to have him oh, on cool. next next show. And, you know, he's talking about, for the first time, he's talking about other paranormal stuff going on around these Momo sightings. Mm. And I'm like, you know, if you take the monster out of it, if you just take the monster sightings out, you have a a poltergeist. Like, literally, you have a poltergeist. And so instead of seeing an apparition, they're seeing a big hairy ape. And Mm. how much of that is us responding to maybe energy in the area? And then, you know, maybe, maybe one person has an experience, and then, the, the emotions of everyone around get heightened and people are out there looking for this thing and they're putting more emotion into the area, mm-hmm. which is giving this thing power, whether it initially came from us, whether it's a mix of us and something else. It it, it almost becomes irrelevant because it's feeding off of our interest in it, which is right. why this stuff eventually just fades down. And so you get these flap areas, you know. Yeah, you well, we're the ones also...
2: putting faces on these things, you know, and that is it's kind of like a tulpa effect, you know. And Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know what it is put a face to it and it has a chain reaction.
1: You were going to say something, Rogan? Yeah,
0: no, I can't even remember what, what it was. I got lost in what she was saying.
1: <laughs> I'm so profound.
0: You told me I could talk. That was so deep. Well, actually, I know, now I know what it was. Soraya, you take what you said and try taking that into the into the Bigfoot community and the crypto community and see what they say. Now, granted, there are some people out there that are kind of rebels on their own, but most of the time, a lot of those people are like, no, this is a flesh and blood creature. If you say what well, you oh, yeah. have here is a poltergeist, they're going to be like, no, 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 no. That's ludicrous. That, that it should be end. both. You know? I mean, there are yeah, well, there are those that are out there that are both. But, the, you know, because I remember sitting – here's me bragging again. <laughs> but when I was done at Mothman Festival, I was sitting um, – I was, well, I was sitting poolside. And I was at the same hotel as Lyle and Nick Redfern and a few other people. And we were all sitting poolside. And me and Redfern are talking about ACDC and Axl Rose singing for ACDC and this all punk rock stuff. We weren't talking paranormal yes. at all.
1: That's, that's not punk rock.
0: Well, we were talking no, about um, that and Ramones and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, I mean, it was. Yeah, exactly. So um, then Lyle was on the other side and someone was trying to have a conversation with Lyle. And they were talking about, you know, the idea of Bigfoot being extraterrestrial and all these other things. And there was another person that was there and he was like, you're out of your mind. You know, this is a flesh to, to watching these two people go back and forth. And then they both look at Lyle and he's like, I don't know. I mean, it could be this. It could be that. I don't I don't know and then some drunk girl you know he's always got like a cowboy hat on? Some drunk girl comes along. Yeah. Oh the one with the hat. Yeah. Comes that. along and tried to grab his hat off his head. He's, he's grabbed and slammed his hand on top of it. He's like, Don't touch my hat. Well the hat, the hat the of course you get the hat. Yeah, if you take you his get, hat off, he'll then
2: die. Then you get the power. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Lyle did a talk up in uh, Buffalo for the Power Horror Convention, and I got to to not only do an interview with him, but just hang out with him for a little bit, talking to him, because mm-hmm. it wasn't a really big, busy convention. And, you know, we talked about that stuff. I said, you know, you know, I said, you think it's a flesh and blood creature? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, what about the paranormal stuff around it? And he's like, you know, I've heard about it. He's like, but so far. I haven't heard, like, nobody's told me any of these stories. Like, I've heard other people get these stories, but the stuff I've investigated, I haven't come across it yet. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well, right. But that's the thing. But he's saying, like, the stuff he did personally, he hasn't come across those stories yet. But in Momo, Mm -hmm. he has. and. He wrote about it. You know, it's not like he tried to ignore that stuff was there. It's just that he, I think he just needed to have more of a direct connection to it rather than just hearing stories from other people. He didn't seem closed off to it. He just said, you know, this is, this is something I haven't personally, uh, you know, come across yet.
2: And I completely respect that. I get that. He had the experience. I like that too with this stuff. I got to experience it to genuinely, you know, have a perspective on it properly, you know.
1: And, and there are there are plenty of cases where, you know, you don't get the that type of stuff. You know, you don't get the paranormal stuff, and so it really does seem like a uh a flesh and blood creature.
0: I'm wondering if I think his opinion's changing though, because he's been involved outside of this community for so long. Like he's like he's kind of a representative of that community into the grand stew and scheme of things. So, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if his opinion's beginning to change because he's been so exposed to the other cultures and stuff like that and actually taking the. Because he's a very intelligent man. I've, oh, yeah. I have, you know, there's no. I, I can't. The only thing I can make. I don't even make him fun of him, but the whole hat thing was very amusing that he would not let go of that hat. But he's a very <laughs> intelligent person. Yes. But also, you know, he's been exposed to other things and he's smart enough to sit down and say, well, maybe there's something to this or maybe there's something to that. And it's kind of broadened his horizons. Well, but, that's what yeah. you
2: do with this stuff, you know? That's, well, that's what the
0: smart people do.
2: Right, yeah.
0: But I not guess. everybody does that. Everybody everybody is all in their own compartments. You know, like the UFO people don't talk to the Bigfoot people. The ghost hunting people right. don't talk to the I UFO so people. so bizarre. Everybody wants it. Everybody's got their own little piece of the pie, and I think that's kind of, kind of some of the reason we can't understand all this, if there's anything to it. We've got to tribes and fight each other exactly yeah. well just not even try and not fight each other so much just you know don't include other people from other communities or anything like mm-hmm. that you know don't go out like the only people that do that are like Heineken stuff like that they are people that were looking outside of you know out, outside of the realm of what was in front of them but you don't you know th- these groups don't they don't intermingle with one another very often you know unless you've got people like they're on work we're, we're like us here and the people that listen to the show and the like your show and The people that we know, they're kind of we're kind of our own little sphere of people. We're kind of like the really weird people in the weird people because people look at us and they're like, "Wow, you guys are into everything." And well, I'm more specific into this, and I'm specific into that. But there's not many of us out here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So
1: and 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 that that's why you know as I've gone through this, I more and more I see poltergeist activity and everything. And the the thing is, we have scientific evidence that PK exists. Absolutely. so that 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 is a scientific fact whether or not the the materialist skeptics want to fully acknowledge it or not they've at least admitted it here and there that yeah okay there's a good amount of evidence for it. So that's something we can actually you know use as a linchpin. We know we don't know how it works but we know it's there. We're fairly we have a fairly good understanding of how poltergeist activity works whether or not there's another aspect to it where like something can feed off of it that's not us. Is always a possibility, but we have that part down. So that tells me that when you're seeing poltergeists in all these things, whatever's happening is at least partly us. It may be different things on the other side um, using that same energy, but to some degree, it's us. It may completely be us. We may be way more than we realize.
2: I absolutely agree. I think we are, and I think it yeah. scares us.
1: I think it scares yeah. a lot of people. Exactly.
2: I don't know. But I it mean, means more responsibility. It means more responsibility. Yeah, you know, but that's so outside
0: that, of the norm for most people to think along those lines anyways, because most people don't... could
2: scary to think
0: about. Well, some of it's just silly to some people. They got other things to think about than this stuff. So True. you know, it's... if How... I don't know. I just don't... I'm not sure... I'm not sure how much I subscribe to the We Create the Phenomena theory. Um, some of it, yeah, I can see some of it happening along those lines, but again, is it, or is it something that interacts with you in that way to, to like feed off each other, like a, like a circuit or something like that? Well,
1: well why do you...
2: we don't
0: know. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Well, that's okay. Why, why, why do you think that, that, that doesn't make sense?
0: Okay. Then if we're creating the phenomena, what about the phenomena mm-hmm. that just happens? What about when I was driving down the road and I saw the circle of lights fly over my bread truck?
1: He says
2: we're the only creators of phenomena,
1: though.
0: You know. So somebody else created the phenomena that, with the, in theory, somebody in else theory. created the phenomena that I was witnessing.
1: It it is, is it it is possible, but it's also possible you created it without realizing it.
0: That's that's where I'm going with this. If if we are creating the phenomena, doot, 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 is it happening on a subconscious <laughs> level? I know I can't help it. I'm sorry. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs>
1: its it, 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 I think there's a much larger part of us that than what we know of that exists. Like I think that's the bigger part of us, the part of us we're not aware of, and I think it has a very strong interaction with the reality around us. Um, See, now and you're again, going that, into realms of magic. Yes, totally. Yeah. I, this stuff is all connected. It is. Okay, I mean, i period. i came I came into the paranormal from the magic side of it. Even though i was I was interested in that stuff, I was more focused on magic and and stuff. When I was reading like – and I picked up like communion and transformation and I'm reading Strieber stuff and going, these are the same experiences I'm having. But I'm having them from this like occult magical right. experience level and he's having them from uh, these things seem like they're extraterrestrial level. And I'm like, it's the same thing.
2: Perspective. And at
1: the, yeah, and at the time, I don't think anyone else was saying that. And I'm like, this is, you know, the early 90s or whatever. So I'm – like, days, I have, yeah. I didn't have the Internet to go out and be like, hey, people, look at this. You know, look at these connections and look at these connections. You know, the only connection people would really make is they talk about – the uh, uh, LOM, that Crowley channel that looks like a gray alien. And then they'd mm-hmm. be like, look, extraterrestrials were communicating with Crowley. And it's like, or maybe they're not extraterrestrials. They're something else entirely.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it has to do with culture, too, because at that time, you know, the 90s, X-Files was really popular. That alien autopsy video is all over the place. You know, people were <laughs> fixated on extraterrestrial stuff. Oh, yeah. And that's how a lot of people were. That's how a lot of these encounters were starting to come out. And it just goes down a rabbit hole. You realize this stuff is connected. People are just experiencing it in different ways based on their reality.
0: Yes. Yeah. So how and someone like that Jack, reality filter keep an open
2: mind and look at
1: other read. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ja, look, look, how, look, look how long ago Jacques Vallée was pointing out the connections between this stuff and the fairy faith. You know, oh, yeah,
0: he was one of the first mm-hmm. people to do that.
1: He was the first. Well, yeah, I, I, there were some other minor, minor things well, his, before his, that. What, you, that
0: was what kind of "quote unquote" broke, really.
1: Yes, yeah. Um, there was some. I've, I've been told there were some minor mentions of it in earlier works, but he's the one that really put it together and put it out there for the for the public. But it didn't catch on. Like it, people just, for the most part, were like, "Oh, that's interesting. Look, extraterrestrials." You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they said, so extraterrestrials have been here the whole time, and he's going, no, no, I think it's the same phenomena. It just changes his face. And they're like, so extraterrestrials have been here the whole time, and it's like, okay, you know.
2: We don't give this planet enough credit sometimes, I think.
1: I think you know,
0: like that's still the only person really taking that route anymore. I don't see many other people taking that route.
2: But you know what? I'm seeing it more. I'm starting to see it more tied into like articles and in Mm -hmm. more pop culture. I mean, even right now, there's going to be a new show on Netflix about, oh, what is it called? It looks actually really cool. There's going to be a whole like series about like fairies and stuff. And they're like real fairies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it it seems like it's starting to, like, come out more in popular culture. People are kind of thinking about it, and you're seeing, like, fairy gardens are really popular, fairy wings are really popular, and this whole, you know, um, uh, narrative of the fae is kind of – I'm seeing it become more popular
1: in pop culture and among people. It's not – however being put in the context of uh, the UFO right. phenomena. It is,
2: it is right well it's kind of getting there I mean they're, they're kind of moving more to a darker side of the Fae yes. like with, yeah. it's kind of getting there but no it's not being tied to UFO phenomena and like having that link with all this stuff you know it's it's own thing but it's interesting how you know it's becoming more part of our you know now in our culture mm-hmm. not yeah. anymore. Yeah. Making
1: no sense. And yeah. And there's been a bunch of horror movies out that kind of follow that idea that do it fairly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a series that I can't remember the name of that Josh told me I need to watch and I haven't watched yet that deal with it pretty well, I guess. Um, Pan's
0: Labyrinth? That was. A- that was,
1: yeah, that's a great mm-hmm. one. Yeah, but that was a foreign film.
0: It was, I mean, oh. I, I know I'm sounding weird, but like you wouldn't see Pan's Labyrinth being made in America. America. Um, America. Murica. You know, that um, But it was a very foreign film, though. But, again, that wouldn't be made here. Over in Europe, they're more accepting to the, those stories because that's where they came from. Oh, sure. That's where, yeah.
2: Right. That's, the origin- that's where it yeah.
1: originated. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Native Americans have those
2: stories. I was just going to bring that up. I found an article about that. I mean, it all kind of – there's always going to be, like, this wood spirits. So there's something in the woods. There's something in the earth that, mm-hmm. you know – helps with this fear factor of back then when it was more primal time, when you had to be out there to hunt and gather and be out in the woods, you had to have, you know, a way to, there, there's always going to be a story a folklore. People need that. A tribe needs that, you know?
1: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and because people are going to have these experiences. The, the, the right. thing is like, no matter what these, the, the way I kind of approach it is no matter what these things ultimately are, people are really having these experiences, and they've had them throughout recorded history. Yes. So you can't just throw that out and say, oh, it's all fake, or it's all people's imagination. It's not. Something's actually happening, and right. it's having distinctive effects on their lives. That doesn't tell us what it is. Mm-hmm. And and that's where some of the researchers get lost because they're like, you know, like, like you'll get ghost hunters who are like, Oh, look at this evidence I got. It's like, okay, so you have something interesting there, but what is it evidence of?
2: Yeah, like you said, they – go
1: ahead, sorry. you got a really clear voice on a tape that shouldn't be there. That's really interesting. But how do we know there's not some part of you that imprinted that unconsciously while you were doing the ghost hunt? Because I also (laughs) noticed that when you have people who do more and more ghost hunting, they get more and more EVPs, which says to me that either they're imprinting them without realizing it psychically, or they are – or something is using their energy to imprint it.
2: Right. And it goes back to they're not – they're afraid to take responsibility for that kind of activity. We don't know what it is, so they got to put a label on This is a demon. This is a ghost or oh, yeah. so-and-so. This yeah. is this. It's always a demon or it's, a, you know, some sort of, like, satanic cult rit- ritual had this effect and now this demon – it's always a demon or something dark.
1: Uh-huh,
2: yep. like, Why does it have to be dark? Like, really? Is it really making you feel that way or is it just because it's anomalous?
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't understand it. It seemed to be but you know, okay, so you, you disturb a bee high and the bee stings you. Is the bee a demon? Right. Or, or are you the demon for disturbing its hide? That's or what I go it, back to earlier. Well
0: said. Yeah. When I was out behind your burn and I said, All right, come on in, blah blah blah. If something were to happen, you, well you did invite it, you know.
1: I've had uh I had someone on I can't uh might have been the psychic I had on with the ghost centers of the finger lakes, Lorna. She uh I think we were talking about, you know, like getting scratched and she doesn't take these things as demons. And she said, you know, something might scratch you because it's trying to get your attention and it doesn't realize it's causing you pain.
2: Or it could be a warning. Maybe it's trying to help you. And that's you just don't know. You never
1: yeah. know. She's like, yeah. but you shouldn't assume that just because you got scratched, something's trying to hurt you. Right. And I'm And I'm like, correct. You know, I couldn't agree with this more.
0: Well, if that's Ooh. your only way of actually interacting with the reality around you, that would be the sucky part about being a ghost, because you're you can't really interact with anything, you know. To to an extent, you know. Imagine living in a world. Hypothetically, where you can't
1: do yeah. There there is a there's a podcast. Oh, what is the name of the podcast? They say a lot of things. I think it is, and it's from the perspective of a girl who died in this house, and she's a ghost, and she can't easily interact with anything. Oh. And it just—it's her talking about how bored she is and how miserable it is to just not be able to interact with things. And this—this this girl comes with a ghost hunter, or as a ghost hunter, and she gets her recorder and she's like, "Oh my god, I can record onto this. Hopefully, somebody will listen to this and hear my story."
2: That's awesome. Yeah, that yeah, sounds really I'm,
1: rad. I'm looking up the name of it here because um, it had a weird name and I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this and I listened to it and went, Yeah, this is worth checking out. I don't think it's it like it was an audio one.
0: drama or something like that? Yeah, it's, it's an
1: it's an yeah, it's an audio drama. Cool.
0: They neat. say a lot
1: of, yeah, they say a lot of things. That's what it is. Sure. <laughs> it's uh it's definitely a weird perspective. I've only listened to like a couple of episodes, but I was like, All right, this is original and different. Do you like
0: oh, that? Very cool. Pseudopods still
1: on here is that or, uh, did that ever fold yeah. up me oh, yeah. yes no pseudopods still there I don't I don't always listen to the pseudopod stuff because there's so many of them mm
0: hmm and, and I
1: well that and I I'm always like okay so what um like what's this story about like because some of them I really want to hear and some of them I'm just like I don't I don't know what this one is so it's kind of hard for me to say I want to s- spend the time to listen to it you know mm hmm do you listen to Much Paranormal Podcasts? So I listened to all right, I'm gonna go through my list here. Although this isn't a complete list. So I listened to obviously yours. I listened to Conspiranormal. Uh I checked out the Cryptonaut podcast and that was kind of interesting, the one episode I heard. It was the the one episode I listened to I liked. It was them the taking obscure paranormal cases like UFO cases and stuff like this and just talking about them and they were really funny you know like they, they were having a good time doing it uh, so that that like I said I only listened to one but I liked it so I put it down on my list uh, expanded perspectives I like some of good see you um, again to that show. Uh, it depends on the subject um, sometimes the higher side chats I really like some of the guests
0: so you've got a good amount of like paranormal and strange oriented shows that you listen to.
1: Yes, I listen to more uh, audio fiction at this point. Um, still going through my list here.
2: I've been impressed with Higher Side chats. The direction he's been going with it, it's pretty cool. Like getting more um, esoteric, and
1: yeah. I, I used to listen to the Paranormal podcast, and I like Jim yeah. Harold. But the problem with with Jim's show is it, it's very uh, on the surface. Like he doesn't delve deep into stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, Radio Mysterioso, whenever Greg actually does shows.
0: Yes. <laughs> he's been, yeah.
1: Um, I absolutely love the saucer life that Aaron Gullius does.
0: He's awesome. He's close for me. He's uh, not too far away. Well, he's about an hour and a yeah. half away. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he, he was about a half an hour away from me at one point and didn't tell me because he didn't realize he was that close. Yeah, he's a really good guy. I've hung
0: out with him in person before. Ironically, it was at that really crappy quote unquote UFO convention, which turned out to be church bullshit. Uh, <laughs> that was where I met him. At it was, I'm
1: sure he loved it, though.
0: He did. He he stayed for it. I'm like, I gotta go. I couldn't do it. But he actually hung out for it. So there was him, and then Patrick. Uh, There's another podcast called Almost Educational, and the guy that hosts that show was coming down for it as well. And I got on the phone. I'm like, No, don't come here. This is bad. Don't. Oh, don't. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was bad, but um, yeah. He um he actually Pat shows up. He's like, You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I, I managed to stop him in time before he actually got there. But um, um,
1: go ahead. Oh, Skeptico. Um, I used to love Skeptico. I still like Skeptico, but sometimes I feel like he's too stuck in his own paradigm with it. Uh, Strange Familiars, of course, is great. Um, let's see other paranormal ones. Occasionally, Chris Jericho has has paranormal stuff on Talk is Jericho, but again, it's usually pretty surface level. Um usually I only listen to him when he's talking wrestling, but I have listened to a couple of the ones he's done on the paranormal. They're well done, but like I said, they're not they're not breaking any new ground. Uh he's genuinely interested in the stuff though, so that's cool. Um did I have I listened to this one? I think I listened to this one, the unbelievable podcast. That was okay. See uh, I, I only listened to the your one show in
0: Tim's show. I listen to Strange Familiars, and I listen to you, and that's really about it along the vein of Paranormal. I just yeah. – um, because there's just not a whole lot of interesting out there anymore that anybody's really covering, and nobody's really going into different directions or anything with it. I don't mean to sound arrogant and pissy about it, but
1: – No, I it's mean, true. It's true. I mean, um, you've been doing this I've, for
0: longer, <laughs> longer than me probably. I mean, you, you just get to, what point do you reach burnout to where you can't, you can't cover it anymore because nothing really new is happening
1: in it? But there is new stuff. You just have to
2: black-eyed kids' tales and stuff. Yeah,
1: you've got to dig. That's the thing. Um, I'll listen to Joe Rogan here and there. I do like Joe Rogan. I just don't care about most of his guests. Um, the Brothers of the Serpent podcast, I absolutely love those guys. I had not heard of them until I went on their show. I've listened to a bunch of their shows. I'm thoroughly entertained by them. Uh, sometimes Rune Soup. Uh, wow. Yeah. It also depends how much time I have. Usually usually I'm more invested in the, the fictional stuff because it's stories. So I want to hear the next part, you know, if mm-hmm. I really like it. Um, there's a couple I pulled up on Himalaya that I have not checked out yet. Uh, the Box of Oddities sounded interesting. American Hysteria sounded interesting, but I haven't listened to them yet. Because uh, American Hysteria takes a look at the cultural impact of weird things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, which almost reminds me of something like you do in, in a sense with some of the weird history. Um, yeah,
0: every once in a while when me and Lobo started this that was the, one of the things that we genuinely gravitated to the most and we've tried to stick with it. It's been a little while since we've done any weird history and I need to do some more. Well, I guess with her on last week for the for uh, for the for the games to play in the dark, that, that's kind of like American folklore or urban legend folklore so that kind of counted as history for me. But, um... It's not enough that stuff gets covered. And when me and Lobo started the show, that was one of our genuine interests. And we've always, we always, when we're, we run out of ideas for things to do, we always fall back on that. And it's kind of a reset button for us. And then we go from there, you know, until things get weird and then we got to reset it all over again.
1: So, so American hysteria is described as a podcast exploring the fantastical thinking and irrational fears of Americans through explorations of moral panics, urban legends, and conspiracy theories. How they shape our psychology and culture, and why we end up believing them.
2: Sounds like the egregore, you know, narrative kind of. That's cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And I and I'm pretty sure they approach it from a very materialistic, you know, paradigm. Yeah. But I'm I'm interested. I. I have a few episodes downloaded to check out and see, you know, exactly what they're going to do with it. Sounds cool. And the rest is all fiction. All fiction, pretty much.
0: You don't listen to any other heavy metal shows or anything like that, either. No, I, I, don't
1: listen, I, I don't I don't listen to any music shows. I am so overwhelmed with music; it's ridiculous.
0: Wow, I imagine you would be though.
1: I listen back to my show because. Well, you've been there. How much of the music do you actually hear on my show? But no, when you're listening, when you're at the last exit for the lost, how much of the music do you hear when you're in studio?
0: Oh, none. I'm usually yeah, running around exactly. dodging dodging the forks <laughs> being thrown at me, or it's it's really you know what it's really you've got your people trained like well trained dogs because it's like it's like it's it's like it's like a chaotic game of duck duck goose. You know, it's like, okay, and blah, 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 we're gonna play some flatsum and jetsum, who was once in Metallica, but they wasted him. And then you click play, and then it's like everybody just runs around and chaos ensues and blah 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 and then instinctively people just know when to stop. You know? Right. right. And then when you're back on the air, everybody's just kinda of where they're at, you know. And then well, as soon as the music every, plays, every, every, you're running down the hall trying to tackle somebody, and and you know rubber noodles are flying everywhere, and it's like what the hell?
1: <laughs> that that would have that would have been Eric, yes, Eric. Eric kept Eric likes to write wieners on things, and he'll go over to my tablet when I'm not looking and type wieners. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets and then he gets beaten for it because why not? I mean. From the outside,
0: it looks like it's kind of a shtick, and it's not. It's like you guys are just insane there the whole time you're there. I don't know how you do it for six hours, and you do it it every week.
1: It it varies week to week depending on who's there, too. I
0: mean, the one guy came in with two Ziploc bags full of cake chunks. (laughs) One was chocolate, and one was vanilla. And he's like, boom. I don't even know. How bag like, of cakes. Why are you bringing in? You're bringing in bags of cakes. They're not frosting. Goes nah, and he had some crazy story for it, story for it. But yeah, here's some here's some bags of cakes. You know, and the the rest of the night, all we did was sit and eat out of those stupid bags of cake, chunks of cake, like they were laced with marijuana or something like that. I was gonna say it was like cake laced with blow or something. It yeah. comes
2: in with like, like, that's amazing. Something. Sounds like a party. It's a cathartic. I mean,
0: sometimes it's just, there's stuff It is going very
1: on. cathartic.
0: Sometimes there's stuff going on when you're getting ready to play the next song or something like that, and you'll take a moment to pay attention to that and stuff, but the last time I was there, I'm just standing in the hallway, and all of a sudden, one of the guys goes running by, and I turn around and look, and here you are, charging down the hallway like a bull. I'm a big dude. You're a big dude. The hallway's only so big, I'm kind of like, shit, I'm stuck in the cannon, and the bullet's got nowhere to go. So looks like he's good at roundhouse kicks. No, he's just charging straight down the hall. At, you know, he wasn't chasing <laughs> well, I, me. He was chasing the did, other guy.
1: I did I did kick him pretty hard, too.
0: <laughs> and he runs into the front record room, which is where the bands play. There's really no way out of that room. Like, if you're going to go anywhere, well, you really can't. You can either go upstairs or into the record room. You really don't get too many places to hide, especially when you're doing, like, 70 down a hallway. Because you were like, ah! you were like the, the scene in The Avenger, the Hulk just comes smashing through the walls. That's what I see. I look behind me and Soraya's is running from the record booth where you guys are playing, the, the recording room or whatever it is. And this guy's running. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know? That sounds awesome. I'm coming
1: over. <laughs> and and then you videotaped it. And I, I gave one hell of a kick to the back and you videotaped it. And then, well, th- and then he deleted it. I'm like, I want that video. And you're like. I deleted it. I'm
2: like, why would you delete that? Dude, it was epic. I replayed it. I was like, damn, damn. <laughs> You're like.
0: <laughs> totally deserved how it. It's it is there. It was awesome. It's like that for, what, six hours? I mean, do you guys, I've never it, listened to the show all the way to the end. Do you guys peter off at the end or?
1: Yeah, usually. I mean, it, it, it all depends. Like I said, it's a big part of who's there any week. If it's, you know, me fidgeting DVD, it's not going to be a crazy show. Uh, Joe definitely brings craziness into the whole mix but the the thing is even you know, when it's just a couple of people it's not like I don't get to listen to the music so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go through the new stuff I'll, I'll make a quick decision whether or not I'm going to play it or not and then I go back and listen to the show during the week so I can hear what I played and see if it was any good oh my god <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you did
1: play Einstos for me the
0: one time I'll give you that I wasn't expecting yeah. that at all
1: yeah, I play all kinds of stuff like that. And then
0: you've got me when I'm there running around going, can you play Big Black? Can you play this? Can you play e- the yep. Stooges? Will you play that? Will you play Sisters of Mercy? Please, please, please.
1: <laughs> and, the, and the show with you, I was, I'm actually I'm so behind that I'm only now listening to the show that you were on back in, in, uh, in July. And it's very funny.
0: Thank you. I do like being there. It's a good crowd. Everybody's always, everybody have. walks in the door and instantly. They're like friendly and nice and blah, 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 blah. So I'm, I may not like the music you play, but it's genuinely a really fun, cool atmosphere there. Mm-hmm.
1: And you so, like some of the music.
0: Some of it I do. Yeah, some of it I do. So anyways, well, we're um, at the but, hour mark, but go ahead.
1: Oh I, I was gonna say so that that's why I don't listen to music podcasts because I can't even get through my own show most of the time mm-hmm. um and I'm so inundated with music that it's just that's just how I do it you know it's like I, I don't I don't know I'm more interested in the paranormal stuff I'm more interested in hearing a story or even uh, you know Chris Jericho or Steve Austin's wrestling podcast and people are like, oh, there's these wrestling podcasts I'm like, two's enough. I could just do two. You know, I love wrestling, yeah. but I'm still going to be more listening to the stories. And even the wrestling podcast, it depends who it is. If it's if it's Kevin Steen, yeah, I'm going to listen to Kevin Steen because I think he's a cool guy. I got to hang out with him. He was a genuinely nice guy, and he's funny, so I want to hear what he has to say. But if it's, you know, I don't know, someone I don't care about, I'm not going to listen to the podcast.
0: I used to listen to him pretty much solely for the purposes of trying to find other guests to interview. So um, did I. But you run into the situation where they're out like on a tour, doing doing the interview circuit. So by the mm-hmm. time you get them, if they do come on your show, they've been asked every question. They, they've already had the same. They, they are in the cookie cutter mode. And they're going to say they're going to give you the same interview that they gave on Coast to Coast or on whatever yeah. other paranormal podcast that they were on. So eventually, I got to a point where I, I just stopped listening to them, even if it was just to find other guests and stuff like that, because I'd have to pour through all these different shows. And I'd kind of have to dig to go, okay, this is an original guest or something like that. Because we didn't want to be, you know, we didn't want to be paranormal top 40 or whatever you want to call it and cover the same stuff that everybody else was covering.
1: And that's in essence
0: what we started doing. I said, this isn't cool. I can't, I can't do that. So, you know, I got to go out and actually start digging for stuff. and looking for obscure blogs and stuff like that. And at that point, I just Mm -hmm. said, I don't want to listen to a lot of these shows anymore. I used to love Mysterious Universe. They were a huge influence on us in the old days. But now I don't Mm -hmm. listen to them anymore because it's not really the same show. And I think they've reached a point too where you know, no offense, guys. If you if you hear me say this, but I I love Ben and Aaron, I really do. But I think they're at a point now where it's like they've been doing paranormal for so long. How can you do it for so long at the rate that they do it and still be interested in the stuff? You know,
1: I'm I'm always interested uh... in the stuff, but I'm I'm more. Yeah, it has to be the right guest for me to, to, to strike up a conversation. Like um, like I like someone like Lyle, and I've had Lyle on a, a few times, but this is the first time I've been really kind of excited to have Lyle on because he's added the paranormal stuff into, you know, what he's doing. And I'm like, oh, I have a lot of questions, and I want to bounce these things off of him and see how he reacts. Um. So that interests me because I want to get different ideas. Uh, the last time I had Peter Robbins on, I watched this. He, he's now more open to the idea that UFOs are not extraterrestrial. Mm. And that is the first time since I've known Peter that he has admitted that maybe they're not extraterrestrial. And I'm like, good, because he's a smart guy. But he was always stuck in that extraterrestrial paradigm. Well,
2: that's progress. Thanks. People and in any, into these things
0: oh. too easily, though. Thank
1: yeah. You, but It's changing. Yeah. It is. It is changing, and, and cool. then occasionally I find people like the Snake Brothers who have a different approach to the stuff, and it's really entertaining to listen to them.
2: Now, Soraya, are those the one? Are those the people who are doing kind of the missing four one one?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: For, oh, very cool. Yes. Yes. I gotta check them out. They're cool.
1: They, they, they. You know, like one of the things that uh, the one brother did is he read the entire epic of Gilgamesh. And then he told the story on on the podcast. That's what they did. And there was so much to that that I had no idea. And I'm listening to this going, this is way more interesting than I realized. That like there's, cool. there's so much stuff here. And that's what's a lot of what they do. It's usually just them. They're not doing interviews. They They'll read something and then talk about it. And I'm like – this is a cool idea. I like what Tim does with Strange Familiars because it's different, you know. He's approaching everything from a folklore perspective. I like the way you know you and Lobo approach things from that sort of cultural perspective and throw a lot of humor into it. Um, That's the
0: best I've ever heard it described. I think I'm going to use that from now on. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> though, you
1: know. Um. So, like, it's it's. I like podcasts that aren't doing what I'm doing.
0: Mm-hmm. See, it's getting harder you know, for us to do that because there's a lot of people that are doing kind of what we do now. When we jumped in, sort of. there was there was a big gap. When we jumped in, Mysterious Universe had been around for his first Carnation. He was logged. He had logged off. Uh, the show Thirteen Skulls that I listened to, they were coming from a, to an end. Erie Radio at the time was a big podcast and this stuff. They had come to an end, and there was all these little. There was all these shows out there that were, for whatever reason, were just fading out or taking a break or doing whatever they did. Well, Lobo and myself, we hung out a lot in the same groups and we all listened to these same shows. So we all hung out in these same groups and we all got to know the, we we knew the listeners of each one of these groups and stuff. So when we hit the ground, we kind of hit it running because we already knew all the people out there and we said, Hey, this is what we're going to be doing. Come on over and give us a listen. So right from the start, we kind of had a built in audience base, but yeah. We didn't want to do, because we were so influenced by all of these other shows, we just kind of threw it into the stew and let it cook for a while and see where it went. So we were the only people that were really doing that when we jumped back in so many of the shows that had left. And it was just us. And we didn't even entirely know. We kind I think it took us a year and a half to finally figure out what we were going to do and the directions we were going to go in. Because we just didn't know. We were Well, we're going to do this and all of these people are gone now, so let's just pick up and go from there. That was how it all came about.
2: Well, you guys are owning the role pretty well. You guys, like, are the archivists. You know, you've been on forever. You just gotta, like, yeah. keep doing, like, you know,
0: doing, but other your shows are doing and what and we like, do now. That's where I was going. Yeah. With it. So they're doing like,
2: what you've already done. You can do more.
0: You yeah, but there's more. always new people that come along, and it's kind of like, meh, you know. It's it's just getting. That's always going to happen. It's getting harder and harder to do it now, you know, because like it's a uh, challenge. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs>
1: Yeah, shut up. Yeah, I agree. But for
0: you with though, her. I mean, it's it's. I mean, how do you how do you keep going with this stuff all the time? Do you, how, where do you, you know, you don't you don't ever get burned out? Any of this stuff? How long have you been doing it for?
1: Uh, I've been doing it six and a half years now. Oh. I'm I'm not, I'm I'm not even close to burned out. It's just. I think my biggest issue right now is I don't have time to read like I used to because I'm so busy. And so I don't want to bring people on unless I've read their books. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, okay, Same boat. Same it's boat. like like I just got Andrew Collins' new book. And I'm like, awesome, Andrew Collins' new book. It's 400 pages long. How am I going to get through this? You know? Audiobooks. <laughs> like by, by the time I get through this, yeah, but. I would have to pay for the audio book and they sent me the book for free. Uh, so, you know, I, I have the physical book, which is actually my preference. Anyway, I okay. did list. I did. I did listen to Graham Hancock's latest book because I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to read his whole book. And he did say he would come on, but I haven't contacted him yet. And now he's in like, Eng- uh, uh, Egypt filming. So I'm like, so that's probably not going to happen for a bit.
0: <laughs> I'm in the
1: same boat. I've
0: got six books sitting to the left of me. um, one of them is the new Robert Guffey book, Bela Lugosi and the Plan Nine Programme or whatever. I need to get him yeah. on for that one. I just haven't really – I can't read the stuff. And by the time I, – I have to kind of pick and choose what I'm going to read because by the time I get through them, the guests aren't on the interview circuit anymore. And it's really hard to get in touch with them. So.
1: Yes. Yeah. Book
2: club. We all sit down together for an hour on Skype and read one hour every night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Do it. That I sad? have –
1: I have some some really interesting, like I don't remember the name, but someone sent me a book. uh, Well, I know it was uh, Inner Tradition sent me a book, and I think it was the effect that near-death experiences have had on children. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. Uh, But it's, again, it's a thicker book, and I'm like, i got to read this because I really want to talk to this person because this sounds like a really interesting subject, but i got to find time to do it in, you know? mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I, I face um, that all the time. So, again, it's not like Lobo lives right next to me. Because so, would be great. I can just walk around and be like, you read this book, I'll read this book.
1: But right, I can't do
0: right. that, you know? <laughs>
1: and, and I feel I feel really bad because Keith Winder has been asking to come back on since he put his book out. And his book is so big. It is just so long. And it's like every time I read a bit of it, I'm like, this is really interesting. I can't wait to talk to Keith again. And I'm like, and I still got 500 pages. Okay. Yeah. Well, skip through
0: and make notes and then go back and finish reading it later.
1: Well, I've I, have, done that I, before. Always, I I always make notes. But uh, yeah, I don't, it, it's not something I want to skip through. I actually want to read the whole thing. And then he sends me a thing showing, you know, he has a new book out. And I'm like, but I haven't talked to you about the last one yet. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, ha- he, he has one of the most interesting haunted house cases that I've ever seen. And it doesn't fit the patterns of other haunted houses, which makes it really interesting. Because hmm. that's that's the Seattle Demon House.
2: Oh, uh, I know. The Bothell one? The one in yes. Bothell, Washington? Yes. Okay. I yep. used to live by there. Yeah. And that's,
1: that's the one Ghost Adventures, you know, said there was nothing going on at. But you've had uh, very experienced parapsychologists like Steve Mira go in there and do an investigation and get all kinds of stuff, including – and one of the most interesting things to me is as they were unpacking equipment, you can hear this very clear EVP, all these voices talking, and they're going, what is that? And so one of the other voices is like, I think it's a camera. Yeah, yeah, it's a camera. That's what that is. And and at some point, they turn on the infrared, and you hear a voice go, turn that back off. We don't like that. And I'm like – that's and he, you know, he Steve Mara sent it to an EV, you know, to, to a sound engineer. He's like, "Tell me what you think of these EVPs." And the guy's going, "I can't hear the EVPs with everyone talking." And he's like, "There was no one in the room." Wow. Huh. That's cool. Huh. So whatever's going on there is really interesting.
0: Really. I remember the, yeah cuz I remember the Ghost Hunters episode where they're like yeah this is this is yeah whatever there was not they said there was nothing to it for a yeah, while and they though, tried, I tried to watch they, that
1: show they they tried to blame it on like his girlfriend being unstable or something like that
2: Makeshift Poltergeist was yeah.
1: yeah or or faking things I don't, I don't even know I just you know it when I watched the Ghost Adventures one I wasn't shocked because the, the, the stuff there is so interesting but it also seems like almost too much
2: I think there's a little bit of theatrics on the TV shows That this house has been on a number of ghost shows and I think there are some theatrics involved with the owners and the people but there's definitely like something weird about that place Like, yeah, there's something
1: one of the, think, in, what the yeah. interesting things Steve Mara did is he so uh, Keith would wake up woke up one day and he opened the door and there's a burning bible on the other side of the door which, of course, immediately makes you think of demons, you know. That's how it got the whole demon house name. Right. Um, because, well, no, but and the thing is, so when you have apports, um, when things just materialize, they're often very, very warm. Mm-hmm. When Steve Mira tried to burn that same type of Bible, he took took one. He As soon as you get a lighter near it, the page just basically disappears. Yeah. Like they're so flammable. And this Bible was not burning like that. It was just like smoldering slightly. And I'm thinking, okay, so Steve could not replicate this Bible. Like they had the Bible. You could see how it only burned slightly around yeah. the edges. Steve could not re- you know, reproduce that. But mm. if it was really warm from a genuine app port, it might have singed the edges of the pages.
2: Yeah, and, like, was he using any kind of accelerant, like anything, or was he just no. lighting it? No, he was
1: just putting a lighter up to it, and the page would just light right up. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, there's some really interesting things with that case. So, like I said, I want to read all of Keith's books. I've already had him on once for a two-part show, so I want to read the book and get to the stuff that I haven't talked to him about.
0: See, I'm kind of lazy. That's why I listen to your show sometimes again to find guests because you you do have other guests on there.
1: <laughs> but we're guilty of doing that with each other anyway. So oh yeah, absolutely yeah. Sometimes you'll have someone on and be like, they're awesome. I want them.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, that's never bothered me actually. I was I've always been like, yeah, sure, here, blah 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 blah. Yeah, oh I want to get the I want to get the information out there or what have you.
1: But um, the uh, and like Louis Proud, you know, I I had wanted him on for a while and he stopped doing interviews after his last book. And by the time I hit up the book company, I'm like, I want to talk to Louis Proud. And they're like, oh, he's not doing interviews anymore. I'm like, really? Come on, because I think he's doing some really interesting stuff. And then when he put this last book out, which is, again, taking the poltergeist thing and applying it to spontaneous human combustion, I'm like oh yeah, we need to talk. And I had him on and he was great. I love talking to him. He has a very different way of looking at this stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's not hes not super keen on being on shows is the problem.
0: Yeah, I run into that problem a lot. Problem a lot. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I run into that a lot. That's what I was telling you before the show when we were waiting for things to kick into place.
1: And and initially he said, you know, I, oh, I can only do it early in the morning. And I'm thinking, wait, that might be okay. Aren't you in Australia? He's like, yeah. I'm like, great. So that works out for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Your eight o'clock in the morning is eight o'clock at night for me. We're good.
0: Nice. Yeah, I've ran into that myself when I'm trying to interview people over there. It's a pain in the ass because you're like, are you twenty four hours ahead exactly, or where are you at in the continent? I've actually had an interview fall through because of it. But um, really, yeah, it was a while ago. But um, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up because we're going over an hour here now. But um, Thanks for coming on and doing this. Thanks for kicking me up and getting me out of the chair to actually get in front of the microphone because I really wasn't going to do much of anything. But it was fun. It was good to talk to you again. Plus, you haven't been good. on in a long time. Um, That's true. Lobo wanted to be here. He really did, but he got stuck doing parent things because the stores are just busy. But uh, go ahead. Promote your show. Promote anything you want.
1: Uh, well... The show is Where Did the Road Go? It can be found at com, and uh, it's at very least weekly, usually more than weekly. We have a Patreon for extra segments and stuff. And uh, if you're interested in heavier music and weird talk breaks, uh, you can check out The Last Exit for the Lost at thelastexit.org. I can't make those downloadable, although if you're smart, you can figure out how to download load them off the website because they are streamable. Um so if you know a little bit about, I shouldn't say if you're smart. If you know a little bit about, you know how to find the source material that's streaming, you can easily download the shows off the website. But so I'm I can't not make saying pirate
0: the show. But if right. one were so inclined,
1: <laughs> if 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 I had, if I was able to put the stuff out so people could just download the last exit, I would. But there's too many licensing issues. Uh, but I can, as far as I know, I can stream it, and I haven't gotten in trouble for streaming it. So I'm going to keep streaming it until someone tells me to stop. Um, but, yeah, that's a weekly show I've been doing for over 25 years now. Okay. And it's, it's a lot of different music. It's usually heavy, but, you know, not always. Um, it has a metal core, but we play other stuff. and We do live performances, and sometimes we're funny.
0: You're, trying, you're funny all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Lily, you. you want to say anything, Lily, before we cut this off? Uh, what's that? I guess that works. All right, guys. I, got nothing. I don't do anything.
2: What the hell, dude? Like, I don't got anything to promote. Yeah,
0: I know. I know.
2: I ain't got no job. <laughs> I ain't got no money. I got nothing. Thanks for putting that out there, dude. Appreciate it.
0: I didn't say that. <laughs> Jeez. I don't know else,
2: bitch. I gotta go.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm going to call it good. Both of you guys take care.
2: All me. right. Thank you.
0: well that is it for that episode thank you to soraya and lili for stepping in and doing whatever the hell it is that we just did it is currently tuesday morning at around 10 a.m my fever has broken i no longer have to have six fans on me and I am not sweating profuse buckets of water like I was the night that we recorded this. No longer do I need DayQuil and NightQuil to make me a coherent human being, which is a fallacy because at no point ever am I a coherent human being. This show was a bitch to edit, but it was fun and I needed it. Which brings me to my next topic. As a lot of you people know, I don't like to put very much of my personal life out there. Um, I try to keep things separate and segregated. I put a lot of myself into the show and I put a lot of myself out there, but when it gets to really deeply personal stuff or crazy stuff that what's going on and and relationships and, and stuff like that, I just don't put that out there. I don't like to air my laundry. It's just not something that I do and it's just not cool, but this year... This summer has been absolute hell for me. It's probably been one of the worst summers with the amount of stuff that's hit me in quick succession one after another than I can think of in many, many, many years. So it's story time. And if you want to listen, fine. You know, if not, this gets crazy. Turn it off now. What have you. (laughs) But there's a reason I'm going to tell all of this because a lot of people have been asking. So basically summer started out, I I had a falling out with a really close friend and the friendship more or less just kind of blew up and dissolved and that really bummed me out really bad. Come to find out I also have this strange sleeping disorder where sometimes when I sleep my brain doesn't fully, the conscious and the unconscious don't fully disconnect entirely so what happens is you end up having these really strange mood swings and uh, it's just a weird, weird disorder. It's very fixable, not a big deal. It's just a matter of here, take this, get some sleep, time your sleeping patterns a little bit better, et cetera, and so on. Um, and then it began to ramp up from there. I had to take an emergency trip out to Brooklyn on extremely short notice to help a family member with something. Got a phone call. This has to be resolved right now. We need you here right now to take care of this. Drove from Detroit out to Brooklyn, did the thing, promptly turned around, drove straight back. A week later, my dad died. Um, When you lose a family member like that, besides the fact that you're losing your your dad or your parent or something like that or someone you regard as your dad, there's always family drama that follows in addition with dealing with the grieving process of losing a family member. So that started to escalate. And then I started to get these chest pains and stuff like that. And I come to find out which was freaking me out. I go kind of find out that um, the heart, my lining of my heart is actually a little bit too thick or my heart is slightly too large. Again, not a serious problem, but when you don't know what's going on, it really kind of screws with you a little bit. Then I had a bunch of other crazy things happen and develop and, you know, weird stuff happened. Um, we can't go into any of that, but it was dramatic and heavy and whatever. Um, then I had to promptly go back out to Brooklyn, get another phone call. Yeah. Things have gone south. We need you here like in an hour. How fast can you get here? We need to get this resolved right freaking now. Promptly hop in the, hop in the vehicle again, drive straight out to Brooklyn, take care of the problem. Uh, this time I was fortunate enough to be able to go up and hang out with Lobo for a little while. It's weird. We see each other every few, I don't know, five, six years. It's usually for a couple of hours and then poof, that's it. But it was really good to see him. Walk in the door. He looks at me and says, wow, you look shot, which was his way of saying, wow, you look like shit. And he wasn't saying it to be mean. It was one of those things where it comes from concern. Um, but it was good to see him. It was good to see him, his family, his wife, his kids, just really warm, happy vibes going into that place and, and seeing friends and stuff. It was it was nice to touch base with him. Get back home. Um, more weird stuff happens. Um, in the process of all this going on, my Facebook account got hacked. Um, I, I tried to leave Facebook because I didn't want to deal with people. That got hacked, I had to come back. Um, debit card got hacked. Uh just stuff. More and more and more and more stuff. This is only a small portion. My God, are you still talking? Of what's was going on. And it, it's one of those things where it's like, oh my God, more stuff, more stuff, more stuff. So anyhow, I started going into, as you would expect, this state of depression where I just didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to talk to people. I didn't want to do anything. I was just trying to just trying to keep my act together and keep on the happy face and keep going and keep pushing on and on and on. And it just got to be harder and harder and harder. Where I'm going with all of this is, um, a lot of you people saw this happening to me. And over the years, Lobo and myself have become really close with a lot of you people. And one of the things that Lobo and myself do is when we see somebody's going through a rough time, we always try to reach out and extend an olive branch, you know, either myself or he will, or separately or whatever. And we'll always say, hey, if you need me, we're here. What do I need to do? Do you need, do you need us to make you laugh? Do you need me to send you some funny memes? You need to talk, you know, whatever you need to do, you're a good person. Get through this. And we check in on people and we make sure that they're doing okay. And, you know, this is just our nature. This is just the way we do things. And one of the things that we do on the show Um, one of the underlying themes of what we do is to try to be there for people or push people and try to show people there's a better way. And we always preach fight. Do the best you can, be the best you can, do whatever you've got to do to get the hell out of the situation that you're in and make it through whatever your problems are. So, you know, and and people responded to that. And a lot of you people were trying to take care of me. Uh, I, of course, did the, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's okay, blah, 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 blah. And it's because that's, that's what you do that. I mean, let's be real. Everybody does this kind of thing. People do it to us when we reach out and do that kind of stuff. I get it, but it, it still had an effect. It still mattered to me. And it still mattered that you people were out there and it got me through. It's still getting me through. I think that was one of the reasons why I got sick on this episode is because I've just been pushing so hard and things have been going so rough that my body just said, okay, I'm fucking done. And it gave out and I got a fever and I just boom, I was down. That was it. Even though I still tried to go and do stuff and take care of stuff, I did the best I could, but it just it just pulled me down. So um depression's a weird thing. It's this it's this kind of spider cave. You can fight it off, you can beat it, you can push it aside, but it's always there and waiting in the background. And once it gets its claws into you, it waits until things go bad for you. And then it'll start pulling at the strings and it'll start feeding you lies. and It'll start doing whatever it's got to do to pull you back into that spider cave again. And then once you get in there and you're in that state, it's kind of this warm blanket and you kind of want to stay there. Even though you're upset and you're sad and the world's coming down around you and you don't know what you're going to do, you want to stay there. But I have a lot of people that I know there's certain people that I look at and I go, wow, that person got through that or this person got through this and that person had that happen to them and they got up and they kept going and they still fought. And we tell people, you need to get up and you need to go and you need to keep going and you need to fight. So it was time for me to practice what I preached and I got up and I'm trying now. (laughs) I've gone from a state of constant depression and dark gloominess to irritated, really pissed off and really ready to fight. This usually happens when I pull out my copy of *Flight Club* and watch it for the fifteenth or twentieth time or whatever, which is strange because I always find new stuff in that movie. That's kind of a movie that, in the background, I've 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 lived by for various things and various reasons. Um, even the whole Rojan persona is kind of a thing off of that off of that movie. Tyler Durden, for lack of a better term. But, anyways, the point of all of this and this whole story and what I'm telling everybody and why I'm putting this out there is is that I want to say thank you to everybody that reached out and and did get in contact with me and the ones who did keep pushing and did say, hey, you're here, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. I want to help you. I just want to talk to you. Here's some funny memes. I've, I've got a person that sends me funny memes every day. Kathy, I love you dearly. You know, and it, it matters. It did matter. It does help. And I thank you so much for it. And I love you people for it. And that's pretty much it. You know, I don't, I'm not going to say much more about it, but that's what's been happening with me. And I think I'm on the uh, upside of the emotional swing now, provided the chains don't break. And if they do, then (laughs) then I'll just fucking deal with it and keep going anyways. So, uh, yeah, that's the show this week. I think next week we're going to try to do the fast food folly show. I'm putting it together. I don't know entirely how it's going to go. I know Chuck is going to be here and that's where I'm standing right now. And we're just going to push from there. I'm trying to get the wheels moving with the show again. I'm reading the books. I'm uh, checking the blogs, doing anything I got to do. And uh, hopefully, you know, things will settle down and and life will return to somewhat normal chaos as opposed to full-blown Death Star chaos. But that's it. This is Rogan. Thank you all very, very much again. I love you all dearly. Peace out from the D. See you again soon.